Welcome to the second episode of Wave. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. Stoked to get into this one with you. I'm going to be joined by my friend Mozado, and we are going to be talking about the week that was in in the you know the music world, which was fascinating as we watched this AI generative song uh, with AI Drake and AI The Weeknd sort of control the conversation. Uh, so shout out Rob Abelow for the uh, the great tweets, the thought provoking Twitter threads. We're gonna jump into all that. Mazzato is a really talented uh, participant in the Web3 space, both as a, just a producer and an all-around artist. He's minted on a bunch of different platforms, has a Genesis Mint available as well. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into it. Here is my conversation around AI generative music with Mozato. Uh, you know, the past week's been really interesting in the Web3 music world. On April 17th, Rob Ablo uh, threw out a tweet, and it said the following. This AI-generated song featuring Drake in The Weeknd trading lines about Selena Gomez dropped on Saturday, and it had 20 million streams in under 48 hours. It had 13 million off of TikTok, 5.3 million off of Twitter, less than 24 hours on Spotify. It had a quarter million. YouTube, it had 144,000, and then on SoundCloud, um, it had 84,000. I'm not going to get into what was specifically produced off of AI and what wasn't for the sake of conversation. We're going to jump into that with my my special guest, Mozado, who I'm about to introduce to you. Um, you know, But I think it's worth having a conversation here as the proliferation of AI starts to touch popular music. Uh, I think there's just a lot to discuss. So I'm going to bring in my special guest, Mozado, to the chat. We're going to have a conversation about this uh, and, and many other things related to AI-generated music today. But first, uh, Mozado, welcome to Wave. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, man, my my pleasure. You're an artist and a producer. You've minted NFTs. You're you're using sound. You're using Zora. So you're like Web3 native. But let, why don't you introduce yourself first, and then we're going to jump into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm Mozado. I'm a producer turned uh full artist so i rap and sing now over my productions um from boston massachusetts um i've been releasing music for i've been releasing music for like 10 years uh, i used to go under different names switched over to Mazato, found web3 and yeah i've been I, I produce i everything i do i do uh here in my studio which is where i am right now it's a home studio i built during covid and uh, yeah, I mix, master, record everything here and just try to make the best music possible. So what brought you into Web3 specifically? You know, what was that sort of, you know, moment where you were like, oh, shit, this is pretty interesting. Let me let me mess around here and see what's going on. Um, So I think I'm, I'm, I'm interesting because I think a lot of people get brought in by friends or connections. But I was actually all in like the whole Robin Hood thing when the Robin Hood stuff was going crazy. And that kind of got me to Coinbase, which then got me into crypto. And then as I started researching more and more about crypto, I found I learned about NFTs during the whole NFT summer. And uh, then I realized, learned a little bit about how they could be used for music and just immediately like had that click moment in my head where I was like, oh, this is going to change the whole music industry. If not soon, at some point, it's going to happen. 
So uh, the technology is too crazy. So that I, I, when I learned the technology, when I learned that, I learned it from, from like a slow, gradual, just kind of wandering in, I guess, through the tech. And then, uh, yeah. And then I, I just decided to jump in when I decided um, I wanted to be involved and get here early. That's great. I mean, you know, when you hear this song with AI Drake and AI The Weeknd, I mean, the beat is a little whack. I'm, we don't have to go into that, but I'll let you, from a producer perspective, talk about that. I mean, the beat is nothing like ornate or nothing that would like catch my ear off. If I heard that beat with like just a regular SoundCloud rapper with no clout rapping on it, I'd probably skip right over it in discovery mode on Spotify and I don't stop. So, mm-hmm. you know, a, forget the AI component of it, just the track itself. What was your take on first listen before we jump into the AI aspect of just the track? So from what I heard initially going in, I I heard it was like a Metro booming supposedly beat. So I, I don't think they use AI for the beat at all. No, I think correct. It was branded it as Metro Boomin. Um, the beat was fine. It wasn't. Uh, it was well mixed. It was uh, for, fairly typical. <laughs> it was like a kind of run of the mill trap beat. Um, it it, it could have sounded like an early Metro Boomin beat. He doesn't even really make music like beats like that anymore. His have gotten a little more intricate. But like, yeah, I just it yeah. If it if it was the beat alone, I don't think I would have paid much mind to it. I kind of wanted to spend it along my day, but you know, you hear Drake in the weekend and AI in the same sentence and I got to check it out. So, yeah. And yeah. so when you heard the vocals, can you give me your just sort of initial reaction to, because I mean, Drake is on the track for a while before the weekend does any, uh-huh. or, the weekend in air quotes, I should be a little bit more precise with this uh, because we're talking about AI, not about yeah, yeah. actual Drake. We're talking about AI Drake. Um, what was your sort of take on the vocals, the the, the bars that were in there um, in general? What, what was your feel from an AI perspective? So I was I was actually super impressed with Drake when I heard it. I think like most people were. I was like, I, I wouldn't have gained as much traction as it did, I think, if it didn't sound like him. Um, definitely, definitely was like, oh yeah, this is Drake. And I'm listening for I'm listening for imperfections. Can't really find any. Like here and there, but you really gotta be listening. And with the auto-tune stuff that we have nowadays anyway, that that adds some artifacts in there. So I was hearing stuff that like you may just hear from auto-tune. Um but yeah, I thought that Drake was really on point. I think the writing for Drake was surprisingly on point for like older Drake as well, uh, or, or younger Drake, I guess. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was interesting. He went up the register. It still sounded when he was singing in the high notes. It still sounded like Drake. Um, and I was just super impressed until it got to the weekend. And then I was like, nah, it ain't the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Like yeah. it, it passed the Drake test for you, but not the weekend test. And I mean, there were some like Instagrammable bars in that Drake verse where I was like, oh shit, that's fire. Like that's, you yeah. know, like I could picture people listening to that and grabbing that and tweeting it immediately. This, this bar, that bar, like some good stuff in there. It was um, very Drake. It had the pettiness that Drake likes to did. add in there, it had the flow. Um, and yeah, it had those like one-liners that like Drake is kind of known for. Yeah, so so let's talk about the weekend portion of it for you. Like your first reaction to that from a musician's perspective, from a producer's perspective. Like what what were you sort of feeling? What did it evoke in you when you heard that portion of the song? The weekend. So immediately I was like, okay, so it's going to have a hard time. AI is going to have a harder time. Uh, the more technically in depth your vocal is because like the weekend has a lot more technical stuff going on in his vocals it's not simply a timbre thing with drake it's very much timbre and then 
his flow and his his rhymes and stuff is all now at this point pretty easy to to copy like when he came out it was all new but like now we've we've heard enough drake hits where we know what drake does whereas the weekend even though we may know what he does it's very hard to replicate it so i think when he when the guy rec- uh did the track he recorded it himself um and then as his own voice or someone's voice and then turned it using ai turned it into drake in the weekend's voice and I think it's just harder to do because the weekend has a lot of range and the weekend has a lot of extra things like little vibratos and the way he he phrases certain things. And then like just the um the uh I already said the range, right? Yep. The con- yeah, the control, the vibrato, the range. Oh, oh, and his note selection. Uh the way he writes his melodies are part of what makes him so good. So if you can't write those melodies, it doesn't matter what AI voice changer you have, it's not gonna it's not going to hit quite the same way. So yeah, I was just thinking, okay, so simpler artists are going to be easier to to copy and, you know, the, the more complicated artists are going to be a lot harder. And Universal Music Group responds to the, and I think it was like Ghostwriter777 was the username that, that posted mm-hmm. it. And, and UMG responds and, and puts out a, a press release that says the following, UMG's success has been in part due to embracing new technology and putting it to work for our artists, as we've been doing with our own innovation around AI for some time already. With that said, however, the training of generative AI using our artist's music, which represents both a breach of our agreements and a violation of copyright law, as well as the availability of infringing content created with generative AI, generative AI on DSPs, begs the question as to which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on the sides of artists, fans, and human creative expression, or on the side of deep fakes, fraud, and denying artists their due compensation. Um, You know, it's fascinating to hear like Universal Music Group sort of position themselves as as like Robin Hood in this scenario (laughs) of like protecting artists' rights and and always wanting what's best for their artists. I mean, (laughs) but I think like there is a a sort of a, a line, right? Which is like, how do you, how does this exist in the world in a way, Mozato, that you feel like could be feasible or doable? Like, is there a space for this, Did like for, for AI generative music with celebrity likeness attached to it in your, in your mind? Um, so there are a couple of parts to it. I think on the tech side and on the, on the copyright IP side of things, I think of it very similar to like remix culture and i don't think labels handled that very well but i i would say in remix because i was a remixer i was a bootlegger i would take acapellas from youtube and then make dope remixes and upload them and i think they were often amazing and i think they would help the original artists but they get taken down sometimes um so i would say that any technology should be usable as long as the original uh source of of what you're whatever you're sourcing from is getting paid whether it's an artist or, or if it's an ar model modeling after an artist i think the the original should get paid but there shouldn't be i don't think you should try to limit the tools we have to make to create um so yeah that's what i think on that side and then the other side is does this kind of celebrity thing even really have a place in the music industry i feel like the most I can see it being used for is for demos for producers and songwriters when they're trying to write and they want to hear so-and-so on the track. 
Um, but otherwise, real artists aren't gonna wanna aren't gonna wanna emulate other artists, not for themselves, maybe for a, a, a collaboration. So like if I made a song, I want to collaborate with Drake. That'd be pretty cool, I guess. Um, but I just don't see it. I see it as as like a cool party trick. I don't see it as like a segment, a new segment of the music industry or like taking over anything that's already happening. I just kind of see it as a party trick. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I, you know, I can imagine a world where I'm a producer and I make beats and I want people to hear my beats. And so I want to license this AI generated voice from performer X or artist X so that people can like hear this hear this beat with with bars and with vocals attached to it and like present a full story of me as a producer i can imagine a world where that exists but like mm -hmm. i think the thing that's interesting to think about is what happens when you like ai drake better than drake <laughs> you know i thought i was i was i was joking around about how funny it would be if if uh, the label just dropped Jake Drake and then just started, yeah. they I kept mean, the likeness, AI Drake but they is dropped cheaper, it. man. I mean, and they can for... they can make him do whatever they want to make him do. That's right. Um, I mean, so I, I think there's there's something there of like, you know, what's cooler than being cool? Like ice cold. It's like, well, you know, if if you think about like beef, you know, you think about like like rap rap beef from history and you think about the ability to take an AI generated version of someone's voice and then makes like basically make a diss track and, and make like, it's, it's pretty funny and it does more fall in the party trick line of, 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 of existence as you were mentioning. Um, but I, you know, Rob Ablo just at the time of recording dropped a, a great thread about licensing AI voice for so you know for performers is another way to sort of create revenue which i think is mm -hmm. interesting too so i hear you saying like yeah it's cool it's kind of gimmicky and novel you know i don't think that people are going to prefer to digest their music this way um and i don't i don't necessarily disagree with that so do you think that umg should have taken it down or you think they should have left it out there what's your sort of if if you were them um or you're not them, but you're just seeing how they responded. What's your response to their response? Um, Again, because I'm from that remix culture, I'm not a fan of taking things down. I'm a fan of working something out that works for everybody. Um, if it's damaging your image, sure. Uh, take, you know, by all means, try to take it down. Or you could just try to separate yourself from it. And but but at the end of the day, it, it could be a revenue stream for Drake that he doesn't have. Not that Drake needs it. But some of these artists could be getting some extra revenue streams. Like you were mentioning, um, Rob tweeted about, I think it was the the Grimes thing that just came up yep. today. Yep. Uh, where Grimes was going to license. Uh, she made her own AI model of her own voice. And then was like, yeah, if artists want to or anyone wants to license this, we'll split the profits 50-50. I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, the whole thing is like, the reason I say it's a party trick is like, it, you're not going to. I'm not going to go and make a voice emulator of random Joe Schmo, who I don't know, who no one knows. I'm only going to do famous people. So in that, that's why I think it's like it's it's limited in its uses. So, yeah, yeah, there are there are a few. A few cool uses uh, licensing it out. If you're a big artist, if you're a small artist. Who's get the really feature. Your... Maybe you want to license it. Maybe you want to do the licensing to get the feature from Drake on your track. Exactly. AI yeah. Drake on your track, I should say. You know, that that's kind of interesting, too. Um, yeah. You know, and then Drake hears Just, it and goes I, like, it's fire. Wow, this is caught on. Like, let's let's record something for real. I can imagine a world 
with in the internet world where that could happen. Yeah, I want to see that more where 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 people are open to this. People are open to other people using their stuff, are open to people creating with their their voice or whatever. And then rather than shut it down, get involved and even make it like a doper thing. I just, you know, it seems like a no-brainer, but I get I get that on a big business level, there's some liability issues and stuff like that that they don't want to deal with. And they're you also know? It's also just the traditional music industry and they have a tough time adapting despite what their thing says about adopting new technology. And <laughs> despite what they've been saying, they really don't like to adopt these things. They're really, really slow and moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that the labels were like, oh, DSPs are innovation. We embrace you. I think they were very much forced to make room at the table for the DSPs and let them you know, participate in their universe willingly or not. And so, yeah, there's a bit of, you know, this reeks of, of really sounding noble from the label perspective, which I always find is, is fascinating within itself. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know. I wonder if Drake even knows about this or if he, what his thoughts are, it'd be great to actually hear, you know, an artist, the established artist take on this. I don't know if this is true, but someone said he wasn't happy about it. I don't know if he's actually heard it. I imagine he's heard it because it's gotten a lot of press. Yeah. Um, and his name hasn't been out there like that recently. So I imagine he's heard about it. But like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I were big, like Drake's level and I heard it. I think it's cool because like he's already making money. Is It's not an issue for him. Like it shouldn't be anyway. He, he's opinion. He's got some revenue. You know, Drake's doing okay. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you were talking about remix culture, I wanted to jump back there because one of the first aspects that I ever touched in remix culture, uh, and and Rob Ablo talks about this in one of his threads too, was the Gray album, which was uh it was a uh a, a, a mashup between Jay-Z's black album and the Beatles' white album. It was in 2004, it was a very young, mm -hmm. impressionable uh 22 year old at the time listening to this and i remember it coming out and i remember it being like forbidden because like you know the labels hadn't blessed it and like jay-z hadn't blessed it and so you know I, but you know you can still find it it's still hard to find you can still find it and it launched danger mouse's career as like a legit dj and producer he got i mean mm -hmm. his whole career was sort of built off that so I, you know, I, I think it is still interesting to see, like, even if it gets taken down, even if the artist doesn't profit from it, it can be a way for an artist to tell their story, whether they're a DJ or a producer, like to show their skill or to be creative in a different way, you know, that that maybe the AI will allow them to do without necessarily like getting everyone's blessing. Because to your point, like bureaucracy slows up everything. I mean, all, there's tons of good ideas mm -hmm. that would make the world a better place, but then there's someone there blocking it and saying no pretty much all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you said something else. You said you can still find it. And I think that's the part that I think labels are kind of missing is like or or maybe in denial over is that like you can you can censor these things to the wider audience and certain things like that, but you can't stop the internet from interneting. This you is just true. can't. So like why fight it? You should I think you should roll with it. And I think the people who have rolled with it have been more successful. Uh, because of it, the people who understand how the internet works and don't fight it are generally more successful. But, um, you know, people are always going to try to fight the internet or the humanity or whatever you want to call it. And it's it. funny too, because like, okay, let's imagine this world, Drake, this, if AI Drake, AI, the weekend song comes out and 
Drake is like, man, this is fire. Like, I love this. This is great. Like, don't kill it. Let it breathe. Like, uh, I think it's dope. Like, I like it. Okay, imagine mm-hmm. the other world, but a second world where everyone in the in the internet loves it and thinks it's a fucking banger and they want to listen mm-hmm. to it, but Drake hates it. It's like, this isn't me. I don't <laughs> think this is good. You know, I don't like that this is like purporting to be me because I don't like these bars, right? So there's universe mm-hmm. one, artist loves mm-hmm. it, thinks it's great, don't touch it. Universe two, the world loves it, artist hates it. And then there's universe three, which is like, it's trash. Like the, the bars are trash. It doesn't sound good, you know? And so like, it is true that like thinking about this is just like a blanket statement of like, can we use AI in music? Can we use generative AI in music? Is it okay or not? Really depends on which one of these three worlds you're living in with whatever's released, right? Like, is mm. that attention that's generated from it good for artists? Like, is it bad for artists? Does the world like it? Does the world think it sucks? And then thinks like there's a defamation issue because like they think that it's actually Drake, people who hear it. Like there's just a lot there. So I guess for I would love mm. to get your take on like, do you think that these three different worlds that I described matter greatly on how people are going to respond to this in the future? Or do you think it's going to be large labels, just largely like labeling and just like, you know, take it down, get rid of it? I think the labels are going to do that for a while, but I think aside from that, that two of those three matter. The the third one where everyone hates it, I don't think matters because it's not going to see the light of day, really. Like it's going to it's not going to get plays. No one's going to share it. It's just going to exist on the Internet like a bunch of other crap that no one talk, looks at. Um, so I think that's that. But like as far as everyone loving it, I think that speaks for itself as well as like. You know, they would go with it and see whatever happens, happens. Maybe he maybe Drake collabs with them. Maybe he starts writing for Drake. Who knows? Whatever. Um, if everyone like the second one was everyone likes it and Drake hates yes. it. Is that it? Yes. Like everyone is like, this is that's fire. an interesting this is one. Good. But he's like, this is damaging my brand. This sucks. It's terrible. I would never that's write this. Trash. Interesting. Because in that case, I think it would be. Even still, I don't I wouldn't go with like, okay, take it down. If that was me and I was like, this is damaging my brand, I would say you need to add, you can keep it up, but you need to add something to the song in the song that specifies so that people know that this isn't me, this is AI. Um, so that there's a different differentiation between me and the AI if I really want to separate myself from that, from that thing. Um, and that would be, I'd be like, if you don't want it taken down, add that and i would figure out what that is and maybe just tell them exactly what to add but you know maybe i put out a tag and if you want to use my ai you put the tag in to the song and it's an ai tag there's a lot of blockchain purported use cases and ways to leverage the chain in these these ways that make it good tech you know forget nft for Mm -hmm. a second from like the traditional way that music nfts exist right now which is like independent artists or um, Soldier Boy, uh, Mints NFTs, right? Like that, that's kind of the way I'm minting my song. People can support me. I can grow my community. Like there's that. But then the way to leverage the chain, the blockchain to 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 live in this world in a healthy and safe way, I think is going to be really interesting to watch because smart people are going to figure out what what that looks like because I don't think it's mm-hmm. going away. I think like this got a lot of attention we're going to see more. You can find them on TikTok because of my algorithm. I'm, I'm seeing more, you know, AI generated, like AI, you think? Yeah, AI generated music. Yeah. 
the thing I hear all the time is, and, and it's true, is this is the worst AI is ever going to be. It's only getting better. It's only Scary. learning from itself. That's crazy. Yeah. You know? So, so, so you know. Like, I'll leave you with this question. And then I want to give you some time to talk about the different stuff that you're doing as Mozado in, in your work and, and make sure we spend some time there. The question that I have for you is, in a world where AI Drake and AI The Weeknd mm-hmm. go on a tour and they're playing shows where there's no physical performer, but you're going to the show to see AI Drake and AI The Weeknd, will Ticketmaster still charge their exorbitant fees in an AI world? <laughs> That's of course. That is a hell yes. We can put that one down in ma- no magic marker required. They will still find a way. Even in a Metaverse concert, they're still going to get you with the facility fee, I'm sure. Um, all joking aside, um, let's talk about your work right now a bit in you know some of the different things you've done as an artist and as a producer in web three, you mentioned that you were a producer who turned full artist, excuse me. And I just want to let you kind of like humble brag about yourself and the different cool stuff that you're doing and the music you're releasing. Yeah, man. Uh, So I released my first album, my debut album in uh, November and really proud of it. It's a mix of rock and hip hop and electronic music, all this kind of stuff that I've accumulated over the years. I started out producing EDM, uh, did that for a number of years under a different name and then switched to Mazado and started rapping and singing a couple years after that. And um, yeah, so I released that album. I put that out as NFTs. Um, some of those are still available, actually. I didn't know quite what I was doing at the time. So I ended up minting them to myself via Manifold instead of having like auctions for them. So they're sitting in my wallet. They're listed up on different sites. People can grab those if they want. They're my Genesis, uh, my Genesis project. I also, before that, I released a Genesis uh, music video um, on Zora. And that was my very first. Um, And then, yeah. And then I think some people... I made some connections in the scene. So I, I was in Twitter space and stuff like that. I went to Art Basel, made some more connections. And I think some of the people that I made connections with were involved with sound and they liked kind of what I was doing. Uh, so then sound invited me to drop a song on there. So I dropped with them on sound. So I'm I'm signed up there. I'm going to be dropping some more stuff soon. Um, and then one of my homies, actually, the 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 guy who really got me uh got me i don't want to say interested in nfts because i was already interested but like got me the confidence to actually get into the music side of nfts um he released on sound as well and it was a song that i produced uh and that song is doing really well on like streaming platforms it's almost to three million on spotify uh it's called tangerine dream so yeah he dropped that on sound which was great and we split that um and then i got a bunch of stuff coming out i think this week I'm going to drop a music video on glass because the glass is coming back to Ethereum. They've been on Solana for about a year. I believe about a year might be a little bit more, but um, they've been on Solana and they're coming back to Ethereum. So for that, I decided to to drop my first video on, on uh, glass. That'll be this week. I just got my lens handle. So I'm about to get into lens, which is super interesting and fun. Um, and yeah, I just have a bunch of cool stuff. I'm trying to I'm trying to plan out. I'm trying to get into sync licensing a little bit with my music. I've been told my music's somewhat syncable. Um, yeah, I went to NFT NYC, connected with some people there. I'm hoping to perform at some of these events soon, some of the Web3 conferences. Um, and yeah, it's just been, a, honestly, since I've been in Web3, it's just been a really um, 
positive experience. It's been really uplifting. I know the music industry is pretty bleak right now, and it's been bleak for a minute. And coming to Web3 and seeing the potential and seeing that when I work, my when I work hard, I get something out of it is huge because there really isn't any of that right now. Like you go on TikTok, you can work really hard, post a lot. But it's really a toss-up as to if something goes viral. Yeah, if, if, is the kite I mean, going to fly? It's not really, you know, up to you in a lot of regards. I, and I'm curious how you view the DSPs and the Web two music platforms. You know, I, I, last episode, first episode, <laughs> I had I had Liv Charette on, who is sort of like she's a gamer and she's a, a singer, and she you know has her own NFTs and she's you know, on Spotify and releasing her music through traditional Web2 DSPs. Like, how do you sort of view the Web2 world? It sounds like you're saying, I get a tangible reward. I build deeper relationships within the Web3 world from spending my energy there. Mm -hmm. So like, do you, do you have a view, you know, sitting where you're sitting toward all of the, the Web2 music stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, I was, I came over here because I was really feeling beaten down and like defeated by the web two scene. Um, I was, I'm, I'm a fighter, so I was going to keep going, but this is a way better place to be. In my opinion, I just right now, web two music scene is ultimately pay to play. Um, it, it's, it's all, all the curators are gone. Cause it's all algorithms now. Um, there's no more, there's no real blog presence. There's no real YouTube curator presence. It's not the same as it, as it was even just like five years ago. So it's really tough to get your stuff out there without a whole bunch of money. The only things people are really doing now is influencer marketing. And uh, if you can playlist pitch, but playlists aren't great for a number of reasons. And then there's there's running ads, uh, running like Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube ads, stuff like that, Google ads. So all that stuff is money. Spotify just introduced another basically payola thing where... Uh, was it discovery mode? I yep. think it's called. And that's a whole mess. So like, there's just, it's just, this is, a, this is the best place to be. And I think the more people, the more artists get introduced to it, the more people are going to just start coming here as, as artists. And I think eventually it'll hit a tipping point where I, at least this is my goal. And my hope is uh, we get the music scene to where if you want to find the best music, the most creative music where artists are free to do what they want, they're not trying to fit into algorithms and stuff like that. You go to Web3 and you find your best artists. And I think the Web3 music space could be like a, a artist incubator corner of the internet, uh, so to speak. Get some funding, build some connections, build a community, learn how to learn how to build a community and uh, and then go on to do your other stuff in the music industry. So that was deep, man. That's a great way to end us here on this episode of Wave. <laughs> Mozado, I want to thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts uh, about about AI Drake and AI The Weeknd, um, the Web3 music space, and then sharing more about your work, too, because I, I think um, all of it is is great for people to hear. Um, and I'd love to have you back on in the future. Next episode, I'm going to be speaking with two um legal folks who are going to talk about IP as it relates to a cop, you know, generative AI. So, mm, uh, you know, who owns the voice and how legal is all of this? That's going to be the next episode of wave, but Mozado, anything else you want to shout out before we wrap up this episode? Anything else I want to shout out? Uh, uh 
We'll we'll Should put links for all your collections. We'll put them in the show notes so people will be able to find it there. So if you're interested in supporting Mazzotto, okay. getting some of his music, whether it's on sound or whether it's on OpenSea or wherever you want to purchase music, uh, check the show notes. All that information is there. Yeah, and you can also, my main spot is Mazzotto.xyz. From there, you can kind of, it'll kind of point you. Yeah, even better. You we'll drive everyone there and then they can they can go wherever they want from there. Mozado, thanks so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
Hope you enjoyed this first episode of Wave. I'll be back next week on Monday with a new episode. We'll have to see who the next guest is, but there's a lot of great people to choose from, especially coming fresh out of NFT NYC. So without further ado, thank you for listening, and we'll check you out next week on Wave. Wave.